the Baltimore Ravens are in danger of repeating a very worrying trend at the wide receiver position. We talk about what that trend is, how they can fix it. Look who's available at wide receiver. Talk about Lamar Jackson. Talk about mock draft. So much more to coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, and we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today, making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. And you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast to get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. It's the same show, both in audio form or in video form. However you like to listen or watch your podcast on YouTube and video form, anywhere you get them in audio form as well. Be sure to like this video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel as well, again, for free, and also subscribe for free anywhere you get your favorite podcast. We do Daily Ravens podcast five days per week here, so Ravens news, analysis, updates. We're here for you Monday through Friday, so if you like Daily Ravens content, we have it here for you. And tell a friend if they want some Daily Ravens content, we have up to the date, up to the minute analysis here on the show. And today we're going to be talking about what happened yesterday for the Ravens, which wasn't a signing. You know, the Ravens didn't do anything actually bring in any, anybody, but they brought in somebody for a visit, and that was Nelson Aguilar, the former Patriots wide receiver, first-round pick of the Eagles in 2015. And it's another it doesn't feel like this is the move, at least to me, that I wanted to see at the position. And look, nothing has happened yet. But if this were to happen, it would be repeating a very worrying trend. And the Ravens right now are in danger of repeating that worrying trend. And we'll talk about, you know, that trend, what it is, how the Ravens can fix it. Look at who is available right now. We'll talk about Lamar Jackson in that situation and how much that truly is hindering. Baltimore's ability to go out there and spend. We've talked about it a lot, but in terms of them bringing in a guy like Nelson Aguilar, and then we'll also look at some mock drafts from Twitter that we got for our mock draft Sunday that came out a couple days ago. So a, a bunch to talk about here. Let's talk about Nelson Aguilar here first, though. The news dropped on Monday. The Ravens brought him in for a visit and did not get a lot of rave reactions from people. People were very upset by it. They were, they were, it felt like almost people felt like they were led astray because of what we had kind of heard from. John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta at their end of season press conference and, you know, stuff they've said at the combine about really looking at this position and addressing it and revamping that room. Nelson Aguilar would be repeating a trend that Baltimore has had over the course of many, many years, really the course of their franchise history of bringing in these wide receivers that are either at 30, over 30, right below 30, that have had middling production over the course of their careers and maybe expecting them to come in and be a high volume guy for maybe the first or second or possibly third time in their career. And they haven't proven it. Nelson Aguilar, again, I mentioned first round pick of the Eagles back in 2015, 340 catches, 4,246 yards, 31 touchdowns. His best season actually came in 2020 with the Raiders when he was there for one season, ended up putting up 48 catches, 896 yards, and eight touchdowns also had eight touchdowns with the Eagles in 2017, where he had 768 yards on 62 catches. 
Aguilar is somebody who can be a deep threat. He can be a speed guy for you. He's six feet, weighs around 198 pounds. But again, this is this is the trend. And the reason why I say the Ravens are in danger of repeating it is because nothing's happened yet. You know, the Ravens, at least at the time of this recording, haven't signed him. They haven't brought him in or someone similar to him in right now. And it feels like this is a move that if it were to happen, again, a lot of people, just, just the news of him getting brought in for a visit through Ravens Twitter for a loop. If he got signed and not had, and that was the first signing of the Ravens offseason, oh, people would be, they'd be up in arms. They, they would not be happy. Now, I think the move, again, if this is what their big plan is, if their big plan is, again, spending on defense, then bringing in a guy like Nelson Aguilar and re-signing Demarcus Robinson and taking a wide receiver in the first round or the third round or whatever, if that's the plan, it continues that trend of the Ravens, again, taking these wideouts in the first round. I don't. It's not a problem they take wide receivers in the first round, but the issue, as I've said time and time again, is the Ravens have not gone out there, at least over the time Lamar Jackson's been there, at the very least, and gotten that pure number one star veteran receiver. You know, you can look to what the Eagles did for Jalen Hurts bringing him A.J. Brown, what the Bills did for Josh Allen and bringing him Stephon Diggs, what the Cardinals did for Kyler Murray, bringing in both DeAndre Hopkins and and Marquise Brown, two guys for him. The Ravens have done, you know, they, they brought in Marquise Brown in 2019 in the first round, Rashad Bateman in 2021 in the first round. But if this is there, so let's say, I say that Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay are locks. Those are the two guys, the only two guys right now in that room that I consider locks. I don't, I don't think James Prochet is safe. I don't think Tylen Wallace is safe. I, I don't think some of these other, you know, Shamar Bridges and some of these other guys, they're not safe. Those are the two, Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay. Let's put out a scenario where the Ravens sign Nelson Aguilar, and that's their big move, all right? So it's it's Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, Nelson Aguilar. I'll throw to Marcus Robinson in there too because I don't, it just feels to me like he's going to get re-signed. Maybe he doesn't, but I'm just going to say that's – like my, my situation, my ideal scenario for the Ravens is two veterans and two young guys alongside Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay. So DuVernay, Bateman – Aguilar, Robinson, let's say uh, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers. Let's go Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers and, I don't know, James Prochet. Let's say that's the other young guy, James Prochet. Those six, Bateman, DuVernay, Flowers, Aguilar, Robinson, and Prochet, we're we're pretty much back where we started (laughs) if you're the Ravens, where you add the talent and Flowers. Aguilar is not a bad fourth or fifth option, but – you would have to use him again. It's the aspect of having a veteran guy, a star veteran going out there, getting DeAndre Hopkins or Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, someone who is already proven who you can slot in next to Rashad Bateman, who has the tools. Rashad Bateman has the tools. Devin DuVernay show potential too. But again, it's with some of these receivers that you don't know what you're getting in his eight flowers. You don't know what you're getting in a Jackson Smith and Jig, but those guys could be all-stars. Jordan Addison, they could be all-stars. They could be pro bowlers, but at the same time, they could also be bust. I just feel like the safer option for the Ravens is to trade for a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins, bring in an Odell Beckham, although that's no that's not necessarily safe by any stretch because of the injury history. But you still know what Odell can bring you if he's healthy. And I know that the if there is big. Even a DJ Chark at this point, again, injury history for sure. I, I would feel a lot better about that room if it was DJ Chark instead of Nelson Aguilar and then it's Zay Flowers too. Nelson Aguilar just doesn't move a needle for me. He was actually on the receiving end of the, the big Kyle Hamilton play we talked about that kind of got his season on track after struggling in the Miami game. 
Nelson Aguilar, he caught the ball over the middle, ran to the right side of the field. Hamilton punched that ball out, chased him down, punched that ball out. And Marcus Peters recovered it in bounds and pretty much won the Ravens that game. I'm not, you know, no disrespect to Nelson Aguilar. I just, it's frustrating for a lot of people because we've been, we've done this rodeo before. We've been down this road before. You're talking about people who lost the Ravens, Ravens fans, people who cover the Ravens. It has been time and time again, looking at the wide receiver class, talking about, well, this guy's available, this guy's available, this guy's available, and then all the money goes into the defense. This is the reason, or at least part of the reason, why I believe and a lot of other people believe the Ravens did fail Lamar Jackson on his rookie contract by not going out there, maximizing that rookie deal, and surrounding him with wide receiver weapons. We know who Mark Andrews is. Mark Andrews is great. He's a great pass-catching option. But imagine Mark Andrews in that offense with Lamar Jackson, with an A.J. Brown with a DeAndre Hopkins, with a Stephon Diggs. This is the type of situation where I do want to acknowledge the fact also that, and we'll talk about this more in the second segment as it comes up, we'll kind of transition into the first segment to the second segment with this. The Lamar Jackson situation, as I've talked about, I don't even, this is probably my 100th time repeating this, has the Ravens' hands behind their backs. There is only so much they can do, and that's why I'm saying nothing has happened yet, and the Lamar Jackson situation still looms very, very large over what the Ravens can do with that franchise tag hit, the non-exclusive franchise tag hit, there's only so much they can do until he signs a contract or gets traded or there's some sort of resolution where the Ravens can go down a path and figure out what that sole path is instead of having five or six or seven different paths depending on what little situation here happens with Lamar and what path Lamar chooses to take. But at the same time, I just know that this trend that the Ravens have had, you know, they bring in Rocky Yassin for a visit who, again, very solid corner. But I think my ideal plan is bringing in a DeAndre Hopkins, re-sign a Marcus Peters to a team-friendly deal, draft a stud corner in the first round. Now, that's a lot, it's, you know, it's easier said than done, right? I can just say that and say, oh, that sounds great. But with the limited spending space the Ravens have, with the uncertainty surrounding Lamar Jackson, there is only so much they can do. But at the same time, just hearing this again after Sammy Watkins, after Jeremy Macklin, after Des Bryant, after Michael Crabtree, you know, all the, the Sean Jackson, I know that was more of an in-season thing, but regardless, it's these veteran wide receivers who, again, have been okay. They've been fine over the course of their careers or they're on the downswing of their careers. Like, you know, Crabtree was dominant during his prime. Macklin was really good during his prime, but you know, the, these guys that the Ravens are bringing in, they're getting them on the tail end of their careers or towards the end of their careers where it, it's not that stud star wide receiver. Nelson Aguilar is not a needle mover to me, right? I would rather just bring back to Marcus Robinson at that point, if I'm being honest with you. So we'll talk about the Lamar situation. We'll talk about who is still available because the wide receivers are slowly but surely coming off the market here. We'll talk about all that and more in the second segment coming up next on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by... FanDuel and the tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports because new customers going to know sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Let's download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. And again, my bracket's been busted ever since second day of the tournament. Purdue loses and uh, that, that was it for me. They were my champion, but 
The Nuggets, they won on Sunday. They play again on Wednesday. The Wizards, so I'll be looking at that money line. I'll be looking at the Nicole Jokic triple-double prop. And they have so many more exclusive bets, like the 2 by 3 which is 2 three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, family, if you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger power with the same game parlay, so don't miss a chance to get your nose wet first, but up to $1,000 in bonus bets. You need to go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We return here to our second segment of Locked On Ravens here on Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Kevin Ostriker still here with you talking about the Ravens and that worrying trend wide receiver. The Ravens bringing in Nelson Aguilar for a visit on Monday. Nothing's happened yet. Nothing official at the time of this recording, but... It got a lot of people kind of, again, like very frustrated about why is this the guy? Why, you know, there's Odell out there, DJ Chark, et cetera, et cetera. And again, part of it has to do with the fact that Lamar, with his non-exclusive franchise tag hit, $32.4 million, 14.5% of the cap. There's only so much they can do. The Ravens still have other free agents they could look at, other positions they could look at. Marcus Peters, they could re-sign Justin Houston later in the offseason, but wide receivers that position, again, Eric Acosta, John Harbaugh, talking about how the Ravens were going to try to look into and revamp that room. I think a revamp for a lot of people meant really seriously looking, maybe going out there trading for somebody, you know, looking for multiple big early draft picks, but Nelson Aguilar does not scream revamp (laughs) to me if that's what ends up happening. Again, no disrespect to him at all, but it's just, it's not, it's not a move that moves me. That, that It's just not a move that moves me. So when looking at what Lamar has in terms of impact on this situation, it's a lot. As I've kind of outlined before, if there's an extension signed, even if it is just five or six million in savings, that is a lot in terms of how this, the, the free agent market this year, at least this offseason so far, in terms of money, in terms of deals, seems pretty, somewhat underwhelming compared to, some of the other markets we've seen over the past couple of seasons, you know, it feels like also the trade market. Like I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is fetching anywhere near a second on this market personally. And I know the Ravens don't have a second to give up right now. I think a third and a fourth could do it much like I've talked about this. I talked about it yesterday. Ravens made a trade for an Arizona Cardinals wide receiver. All all those years ago, Anquan Bolton, third and a fourth round pick. That's what they gave up. So DeAndre Hopkins could be that next guy for him. But looking at the wide receivers who are still available on the free agent market right now, it's it's a dwindling list. You know, you have guys like Jacoby Myers and Alan Lazard and Juju Smith-Schuster, Robert Woods, Darius Slayton, Adam Thielen, all signing. Mac Hollins signed yesterday. Paris Campbell signed with the Giants. Even other, you know, Braxton Berrios, Trent Sherfield, some of these other lower-tier names have also gone off the board here. Zach Pascoe went to the Cardinals, but... Other guys who were available, you have a guy like a DJ Chark and Odell Beckham, Richie James from the Giants, Marcus Robinson is still there, a Jarvis Landry if you want to go down that rabbit hole again. Nicole Hardman feels kind of like a Raven. Honestly, that could be a Ravens-type signing. Isaiah McKenzie got released from the Bills. You have other guys like Aguilar and then, you know, Chris Moore, old friend Chris Moore, 30 years old now, Chris Moore. That's kind of crazy. Chris Moore's 30 years old now. Would not have would not have thought that Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. If you really want to go down there, Kenny Galladay. You have Julio Jones, Ravens legend. T.Y. Hilton, Ravens legend. Robbie Anderson's there. Brashad Perriman, old friend. So I will say, and this is something I said: the wide receiver market was not particularly strong this year for agency wise. You know, your the top options were Jacoby Myers, Al Nazard, Juju Smith-Schuster, D.J. Chark. Adam Thielen got cut, so he he's in that category. Odell is in that category. 
But to me, I think the only needle moving moves and, you know, depending on how you view each guy, the needle moving could be you know, all the way over or it could be just a, a very minimal margin over. Odell Beckham is a needle mover for me. I think if the Ravens signed him, it would move the needle, especially. And again, it relies on health, but he's a guy that would move the needle. DJ Chark also moves the needle, maybe not as much as a guy like uh, Al Lazard would have or Jacoby Myers would have, but those guys only got 11 million per season. I think that, you know, the Ravens can maybe get a DJ Chark on a 9 million per year deal, 10 million per year deal. I'd, I'd get DJ Chark a two for 20 if I'm the Ravens and I'd feel good about it. I'd feel good about it. That still gives you room. You can make it a backloaded deal on that second year. If you want to, you figure out the guarantees, figure out the total money, but I'd be cool with that. I think, look, my dream scenario here would be would be DeAndre Hopkins and DJ Chark next to Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. You re-sign Marcus Peters, you draft a corner. That's it. That's the plan. That's all. And plus, you know, it all starts with a Lamar Jackson extension to open up the money. But I'm I'm a fan of DJ Chark. And again, it's not like there were there are all these, it wasn't like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams were all hitting the market. It's not what it was going to be. And plus, I don't even know if the Ravens will spend all that much money on a wide receiver. But I think the frustration for people with the Aguilar visit and with the potential of this trend continuing for the Ravens that has happened for so many years, especially while Lamar's been on his rookie contract, is the fact that this is a new offense. You know, it's, it's the Todd Munkin offense. Munkin is notorious for throwing the ball. He He's known to like throwing the ball. And people, I think it was more understandable when Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator, where people kind of accepted, where it's like, look, the Ravens aren't going to throw the ball a whole lot. There aren't going to be a lot of targets to go around. This this is what it is. You know, the receivers aren't going to want to come to Baltimore. They, they want to go somewhere where they want to get more run, more targets, more catches, more touchdowns. It's not going to be Baltimore. Like Jarvis Landry, if you're looking for a one-year deal to rebuild your value and you were going to a Greg Roman offense or the Saints who throw the ball a whole lot more than the Ravens do, you're going to the Saints to try to rebuild your value. Now, Landry didn't really do that. He was injured for a lot of the year and didn't produce. But th- the point stands. I think the frustration, or at least part of it, now lies in the fact that Todd Munkin is there and the, the guy's Nelson Aguilar. Like, you know, you would hope a DJ Chark would come in. You would hope you would have heard news about maybe an Adam Thielen interest or Lazard interest. I think that there were rumblings about Lazard interest, but maybe the Ravens didn't want to go to that 11 million number. I, I don't know what the deal was there. You Maybe Jacoby Myers interest. That's where people want to see the interest. Judy interest, Sutton interest, Hopkins interest. People want to see that now because – This is the turning point, it feels like. This could be the turning point for the offense where if you can get Lamar with Todd Munkin with a couple of good wide receivers with Rashad Bateman and with Mark Andrews in there, you you can add a couple guys. This offense has the potential to be so, 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 so good and have very, very, very little weaknesses. But, you know, you have to get the weapons around Lamar if Lamar stays. If Lamar's the quarterback in 2023 and we go through this whole thing again, we go through the entire cycle again of the Ravens neglect the wide receiver position, they spend on defense or on the offensive line or, you know, in the tight end room or whatever, it's not going to be tight ends, but you, you know what I'm talking about. If they neglect the receiver position and invest heavy elsewhere, and then all of a sudden the Ravens are in the same spot they've been, for the last five, however many years, however many years you want to say it's been, because it's been a while, that I think is the frustration because this offense with Munkin has the potential to be so good and has the potential with Lamar to be, to be so explosive, to be one of the more explosive offenses we've seen with Lamar. That 2019 offense is going to be hard to top, but 
I think this is the area. This is the growth people want to see. And I think with the growth of the offense, with the play calling, with the coordinator, has to also be the growth of the personnel. And where people are frustrated is the fact that the Ravens, after more than one week of free agency, legal tampering period and all, are still a worse football team than they were when it started. And we're over a weekend. The Ravens still have not signed anybody. People are getting antsy. People are getting frustrated. People are getting annoyed. And a lot of it, again, has to go back to do with the Ravens have those hands tied right behind their backs with that rope there. They're trying to undo them. They're trying to get something done with Lamar. But at this point, we just don't know when it's going to end because Lamar is still looking for that fully guaranteed deal. The reports are saying the Ravens have done everything in their power to get Lamar a contract. Every report that comes out, people are tired of the Lamar situation. They want it to be resolved one way or the other. This offseason has just been, it's been a mess. It has been such a mess for the Ravens. Hopefully it's, it's able to kind of settle down soon. There are still paths. There are still paths for this offseason to be saved. We talked about that with Kajis Mail on Friday. So if you want some positivity, so some ideas to save this offseason, be sure to check that out. And part of that, it has to do with the draft. And we just don't know. Again, it goes beyond for agency with the draft. If the Ravens trade Lamar, they're going to have well, trade or just he walks for the two first. You're going to have probably a high first round pick quarterback becomes a huge need, but if they don't, then the needs remain the same, but you're kind of letting all these guys go in for agency. It's just everything ties back into the other, into the other thing and everything ties back to Lamar. So coming up in our final segment, we'll talk a bit about mock drafts on Twitter that we got. Look at some of the ideas that people have. So be sure to stay tuned. So the last that I've been to on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or pup, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarshMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know, I'll be voting for the Brownie Batter Puff. And if you want the Ravens to win, you better be voting for that bar to support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing for a 50 lucky locked on listeners who get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built built to the best protein bar ever. Seriously. They're so amazing. You won't even think they're good to you because they taste that good. And what makes built bars and puffs so good is for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar and covering hundred percent real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar puff and pick up a box wherever you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. We return here. It's our final segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker is still here with you on Tuesday. And be sure to subscribe for free, both audio and video form here. We are a five-day-a-week Daily Ravens podcast, bringing in the Ravens news, analysis, updates, and live streams whenever the Ravens do something. You know, hopefully they'll do something soon. I'll be able to live stream. We'll have those. They'll be live on YouTube. And then after the fact, you can watch the replay in video form or you can listen to it. I'll have it up in audio form as well. But let's get into some mock drafts here from Twitter. Again, I do a mock draft Sunday every single week before the draft, you know, starting right after the Super Bowl. And then I quote tweet that on the Locked On Ravens account. And under that, people can put their mock drafts and I will get to as many as I can get to just when I see them. So first, let's get into one here from Joda Lee, who says, tried to be a little different slash stream the reasonable trades. Just wish I added to the offensive line somewhere. So the Ravens trade down here. They trade with Jacksonville. 
they get the Jacksonville gets the 22nd pick and the 158th overall pick and the Ravens get the 24th pick, the 121st pick and the 127th pick. Zay Flowers is the pick at 27. You might be thinking, Kenton, you just said 24. Well, the Ravens then trade back in this mock draft again, 24 and 127 for 27 and 91. So the Ravens get Zay Flowers at 27. Then Garrett Williams, the Syracuse corner at 86. Carl Brooks, Bowling Green Edge at 91. Jonathan Mingo, Mississippi wide receiver, 121. Dorian Williams, Tulane linebacker at 125. And Keaton Mitchell, East Carolina running back at 199. And this is this is a good one. I had the Zay Flowers, Garrett Williams, Jonathan Mingo trio in my mock draft that I did. So we were on the same wavelength with that. I, I like the trade down too. My thing with trade downs for the Ravens though is I would preferably – like them to pick up a second round pick in this. I think the Ravens would too. I think Eric DaCosta really, really wants a second round pick and, and he misses a second round pick. Not that Roquan Smith, you know, th- that trade, the Ravens, I think are very happy with giving up the second for Roquan Smith, but just the, the actual premise of having a second round pick, I think is very, very good. Carl Brooks, you know, get edge depth there inside linebacker depth as well. And Keaton Mitchell is one of my favorite late arm running backs in this class. So I, I like this Mac draft a lot here. And I think it could be one. If the Ravens follow this, I would not be mad about that whatsoever. Next, let's look at one here from House Malloy, who says, is better than a Raven if he's on the board at 199? Deontay Banks, Maryland corner at 22. Tank Dell, Houston wide receiver, 86. Isaiah McGuire, Missouri edge at 125. Jacorian Bennett, Maryland corner at 158. And Stenson Bennett, Georgia quarterback at 199. It, it, <laughs> it feels that way. It feels like Stenson Bennett is going to be a Raven. Who knows if that is the actual case, but... Again, as we kind of saw with Mike McDonald when he came into the Ravens from Michigan, he brought over Ryan Osborne, who was one of his assistants at Michigan. And then he also brings in David Ajabo, who was one of his guys while he was in college. So I think Todd Munkin's probably going to want to have his say on maybe a couple of his guys and maybe Stenson Bennett is that guy. But you get the cornerback duo here with Deontay Banks and Ja'Cory and Bennett, Maryland corner duo, Tank Dell. So hopefully this would be a situation where the Ravens would get a DeAndre Hopkins or get a bigger body, you know, a Cortland Sutton type wide receiver, Jerry Judy type guy. So you can put Tank Dell into a role I think he's more comfortable in than getting edge depth there. So a good one. I, I like the double dip at corner. I think corner wide receiver, the first two picks right now, at least, because again, we don't know. It's my, it's my ideal situation. And then, yeah, other than that, I think this is a good one. With Stenson Bennett, the Todd Munkin special, Stenson Bennett in there as well. Next, let's get into one from Triple J, who has the Ravens trading down. The Ravens trade 22, 86, and 125 for 29, 40, and 147. The Ravens take Zay Flowers, Boston College wide receiver, 29. Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee wide receiver at 40. Jacorian Bennett, Maryland corner at 147. Edge, KJ Henry from Clemson at 158. And Antonio Moth, UCLA guard at 199. I, I like this trade down because the second round pick is in there. Now, the Ravens now, and, and it's interesting, in this scenario, the Ravens, they get the second round pick, but they don't pick for 107 picks from 40 to 147. You know, you have an early second round pick, early slash mid second round pick. You don't pick again until the fifth round, which I think would be a long time for the Ravens to wait. So I think realistically, they'd try to hold on to probably 125 in this scenario at the very least, if they're going to get 29 and 40, but having 29 and 40 is very good. And Zay Flowers and Jalen Hyatt added into a group with Bateman and Duvernay. This would be a situation where you're, you're again, relying on young guys. And if that's the route you want to take personally, I want to see a veteran in there. But if you look, if you bring in a DeAndre Hopkins, you have Bateman, Duvernay, Hopkins, Flowers, Hyatt, Sign me up for that one, but I don't think that's that's uber realistic. I, I like Jalen Hyatt a bit a bit of a risk. You know, Hyatt's a bit of a risk 
But at the same time, I think that a team's going to swing on the upside. Bennett has helped his stock a ton with the combine. I think he's probably a late third, early fourth guy at this point, then getting the guard, getting an edge guy as well. I, I, I like that here. Good, good mock draft here from Triple J. Let's do a couple of more here as we cycle through these. Let's do one from Baltimore Wizard, who says trade down in a little wide receiver crazy. All right, so trade down here. The trade down was 22 and 199 for 24, 88, 121, and 227. The Ravens take Jordan Addison, USC wide receiver at 24. Tank Dell, wide receiver from Houston at 86. Travis Hodges Tomlinson, corner from TCU at 97. And the Ravens actually trade 86, a round seven in 2024, round seven in 2025. For 97, 151, 214, around four in 2024, and around seven in 2025. Very trade happy here. Scorian Bennett, Maryland corner, 121. Trey Palmer, Nebraska wide receiver, 125. KJ Henry, Clemson edge at 151. Moro Ajomo, defensive lineman from Texas, 158. Malik Cunningham, Louisville quarterback at 214. And Jalen Wayne, South Alabama wideout at 227. Yeah, definitely wide receiver crazy. Four wideouts is, is not what I think is going to happen here. I think it's two max for me. So, whether that's some combination of Addison and Palmer or, or Tank Dell and, and Jalen Wayne, that's where I think that is. I think four wideouts. I, I my default is the Ravens keep six wide receivers. Two guys are locks. You'd have a third year guy, a fourth year guy, and three four rookies. <laughs> that's it's a lot of rookies. You know, Travis Hodges, Thomas, and Jaquarian Bennett. Two guys I really like there at the corner position. I think the edge depth is good with KJ Henry, Moro Jomo, kind of like that latest round Moro Jomo, Kobe Turner type player. I like that. Malik Cunningham is not the the Todd Munkin special. I, I like Cunningham a lot. I, if he's he is a developmental player, fits the Ravens system. You know, I think he is someone that could be a sleeper pick for them in wherever it is, fifth, sixth, seventh round. So solid here from Baltimore Wizard. Then we'll do one more here from. Be more finest who says EDC redemption for the last year, 11 man fumble. He goes big and goes 12 man draft class. The Ravens had 11 picks last year. Be more finest with 12 picks. All right, let's do this. Ravens trade down here 22 for 25, 100, 161, 217, 241, 244, and 253. Oh, that is a lot of picks. Will McDonald, the fourth, the Iowa State edge is a 25. A.T. Perryway, Forest wide receiver at 86. Riley Moss, Iowa corner at 100. Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, TCU corner at 125. Jake Bobo, UCLA wide receiver at 158. Chandler Zavala, North Carolina guard at North Carolina State guard at 161. Stenson Bennett, Georgia quarterback at 210. The Ravens trade 199 for 210 and 224 there. Ronnie Bell, Michigan wide receiver, 217. Muhammad Ibrahim, Minnesota running back at 214. Miles Brooks, Louisiana Tech corner at 241. John Gaines, the second UCLA guard at 244. And then Savasia Dennis, the Pittsburgh linebacker at 253. <laughs> I So I don't think the Ravens have room for 12 rookies on their roster. I just think that, you know, 11 was a lot last year, and they didn't even have room for all 11 guys. They had to get rid of Tyler Beatty, put him on the practice squad, goes to Denver and scores a touchdown with the Broncos. This is this one's interesting though because with the Ravens they don't get a second round pick in that trade. I would combine, you know, all five of those picks: one sixty one, two seventeen, two forty one, two forty four, two fifty three. I'd combine all those picks to see if I could get maybe like an early fourth in that deal. At Perry, I think, is definitely solid. I think Travis Hodges Tomlinson's underrated despite his size. Stenson Menace and Todd Munkin special. So 
I'd be shocked if the Ravens actually did move forward with 12 rookies after having 11 guys in that previous draft class. But who knows? Eric DeCosta loves his picks. He likes to take swings. So wouldn't completely rule it out, but I'd be I'd be pretty surprised. So good, good exercise there from Be More Finest. I like the names, though. Like the names that he has here, I, I do like them. I like Ronnie Bell a lot. I think Chandler Zavala is very good. I like Miles Brooks, too. So I like the names he put in here. For sure. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. One more thing I want to give a special shout out to my dad, who it is his birthday today here on March 21st. So if you stayed to the end, and it's also to make sure he's listening to the end. But if you stayed to the end here, dad, thank you for everything that you've done for me. Happy birthday. I love you so, so very much. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Again, be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form for free, no money involved there. You can come back and as much as you want to five days a week. We are here for you Monday through Friday. When we get back here tomorrow, there's more Ravens talk from us. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I will see you right back here tomorrow.